Good morning. Thank you for joining us and welcome to our weekly e-learning session. My name is Dwayne Henderson, a member of Tree Lighting's training and education team and host of our e-learning series. For those watching live, happy Friday. Quickly about the session, once we get going, we'll have roughly 15 minutes of content. Our presenters will stay on the line and will be available for Q&A at the end of the presentation. And although the attendees are muted, we do encourage you all to use either the chat box or the Q&A box to submit questions. Please feel free to submit those during the presentation. Today we're going to look at the recommended practice around lighting gymnasiums. And to walk us through this, I'd like to welcome back both Jim Blair and Ryan Loggins. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Wayne. Perfect. Hey, before we get started, can you quickly talk about your role in the business? So Jim, first you and then Ryan. Absolutely. Um, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. I co-manage the application engineering team with Frank Tempesta, and I've been with this group for 12 years. Ryan? Perfect. Yep. Um, so thank you, Joanne. Um, my name is Ryan Loggins. I'm the uh, product portfolio manager for our industrial lighting category, and I oversee lighting uh, products including the KBL, uh, as well as the LF, the HXB, and the WS series. And I've been with Cree for just a little over three years now. Great, perfect. All right, Jim, you're going to kick us off, and then Ryan will jump in later. Absolutely. Thanks, Dwayne. I'd like to begin uh, again by defining the recommended practices for you. They are the consensus form lighting recommendation from a knowledgeable and diverse group of lighting stakeholders that help guide the lighting design and product selection process. Today, we're diving in once again to our part two of RP3-13. This is lighting for educational facilities. If you've not had the opportunity to watch our classroom session, which was the first session that, that we did on design-related topics, you can always go back and watch that. But the order with which you choose to watch those won't be critical for this content. Our focus today will be on gyms and multi-purposes. Gymnasiums are categorized into three key levels. We're gonna discuss all three and color in some detail about each at the application level and look at what considerations are made for each. For instance, a K through eight or elementary and middle schools, the gymnasium represents the largest space in the building and will most likely often be considered multi-use. In high schools, this might be true as well, only now you're looking at something in the size and scale of a field house which we'll talk about in a more detail. Universities and colleges can be of different types and are for higher levels of play that can often be televised locally or nationally. The need for higher intense lighting levels in these specific areas is significant. But first let's talk about the K through eight category. An elementary or middle school gym or multi-purpose space can be configured to accommodate and serve different functions. We all have experiences growing up through the educational system and have had, you know, experienced this again through parenthood. These are familiar spaces for all of us. However, we really need to take advantage of our opportunity to make these experiences better, more future-proof for coming generations. We know these can be used for athletics, assemblies, lunchrooms, plays, dances, and post-school activities. These are important spaces for the community as well. They may use them for meetings or special events. Sometimes we need to be a bit more strategic in our planning here 
and adjust for these activities and create more of a scene of light that needs to be communicated to an installer or contractor. This layered approach ensures that we can illuminate for each need appropriately. So we adopt the IES strategy of designing to the highest need foot candle level and provide the means to lower those values to the appropriate level for the function. Next, let's look at a high school gymnasium, which serves just as much purpose and variation to the community, but the level of play does increase. With the addition of more spectators and larger spaces, the lighting system needs to be at a much higher level. While we still may have programs, dances, and assemblies here, the ceilings are often much higher and may be large enough to be a field house now in configurable uh, and configured into many separate courts. There are also often partitions that can divide these spaces into different court segments for simultaneous practice and activity for health uh, classes and that sort of thing. Fixtures can be controlled to shut off in unused areas um, to increase energy savings. Colleges can break down into divisions and that will impact the level of spectation as division three players probably are playing at their highest level um, and will only be usually locally televised. Division one, on the other hand, can be a source of revenue and actually be nationally televised. Um, this requires us as application engineers to design to NCAA standards uh, for that particular lighting application. The intensity of play will remain somewhat the same, but the distance and speed of the game are much greater. By far, these are the most intense lighting needs for all facilities that we'll look at. This application has a very high spectator count and a higher level uh, of intensity when it comes to play. We design focusing on set camera locations using luminance where our observer is the camera lens. So the challenge here, as you might expect, we have to increase the highly uh, intense light value, but we also need to respect the upward gaze of athletes participating in each sport. So looking at the images of the ball player rebounding a ball or the volleyball player setting, and we can't forget about the poor guy being pinned in wrestling, talk about adding insult to injury, getting a face full of glare could not be uh, less comfortable there. Uh, as the level of play increases, so does the need for the higher intensity and in illumination and our need to deploy appropriate product options. Using a drop or conical lens will promote these um, comfort levels in, in the lighting. As you might expect, we need some special options to make sure that what we're specifying in these high activity spaces is safe and effective. If we have the option of getting some contribution from the ceiling or good reflectivity, we can deploy a clear poly reflector or a white reflector. However, if the mounting height is, is higher and we won't see the benefit of reflectors uh, from the ceiling, we probably will, will audible to a aluminum reflector instead. Sometimes in AE, it's not always about the lighting. A gym creates the need for us to deploy some preventative measures like wire guards, lenses that protect the products, as well as the people in the space from 
damage due to balls striking the products. We also need to consider the mounting of the fixture as well when we place our fixtures in these spaces. We usually equip these with an assembly that will absorb and displace that energy from a fixture that's struck by a ball. The swivel box cover comes in square or round um, by others and can help absorb the impact of the ball with a pendulum motion. The fixtures flex back and displace that energy. Finally, as in all spaces, we have safety cables that is a last line of defense when a fixture or if the fixture ever were to uh, get so stressed that it would break free from its mount. Thank you again for your time. I'd like to hand the presentation over to Ryan to discuss some more product options that we might offer in these applications. Ryan? Yeah, thank you, Jim. Uh, so today what we're going to talk about in terms of two options that we have available in our Cree lighting portfolio are going to be our KBL series in the round form factor, as well as the C-Light offering, the PHB series. So depending on uh, what type of application um, you have, uh, it may be easier to replace with the existing linear form factor or round form factor in a retrofit application. Um, just to give some highlights about the KBL and what makes it a great fit um, for the for the gymnasium application uh, is really the, um, the versatility as well as the configurability of the KBL to work in almost any gymnasium application. Uh, so with multiple lumen packages from 9,000 up to 30,000 lumens, we do have the ability to address uh, really any type of mounting height that you would see uh, as low down as 12 feet, even all the way up to 40 plus feet while being able to maintain uh, that correct or desired lumen uh, level, depending on what you're using the space for. Um, and one of the things I wanted to point out was uh, with the impact resistance of the polycarbonate reflector, uh, most people will find that, you know, that actually alleviates the need for a full body wire guard. Uh, but if you are looking for an extra layer of protection, um, then we do have uh, a full body wire guard available as well. And just as a side, a side note, a lot of people talk about, you know, what is the difference between a polycarbonate or an acrylic uh, reflector and how does it have the ability to, to resist that impact? Uh, what we have found is typically about, uh, polycarbonate is typically about 10 times stronger than an acrylic uh, alternative of the, of the same design. So it really does have the ability to, to stand a punch. Um, and then, obviously, if, uh, there's some other benefits with just being an LED light source itself. Um, I remember as a child uh, being in gymnasium, if, the, uh, if we were in the first class or if we ever tricked our teacher or somebody made the mistake of turning the lights off um, with the metal halide, it always took a long time for those to uh, relight the facility with that re-strike um, time that's required with metal halide. But with the LED, it's obviously gonna be instant on and that opens up a new world of possibilities. And not only in terms of being able to have the light when you need it, but also being able to uh, tap into uh, that LED savings with um, the ability to dim without having to turn off entire circuits, um, but also giving you the ability to add in some other options like uh, wireless controls that allows you to kind of what Jim was talking about earlier, work with that exact scene or use the space to the highest common denominator for design, but then uh, tweak it or change the scene uh, as you're using it for multi-purposes. Um, so with the SNAP system, we have the ability to actually uh, add in schedules as well as uh, enhance the energy savings that you would see 
above just the standard fixture by itself, uh, as well as uh, access or control or uh, set those scenes from, from any PC access point. So uh, next slide, please, Jim. Um, so <clears throat> this is just the overall uh, updated ordering tree that we've had with the KPL for a little while now, but one of the couple of things I did also want to point out in addition to the Lumen packages is we do now have the ability to have um, multiple links to factory installed cords and plugs uh, standard on the spec sheet, as well as the ability to have uh, factory installed battery packs as well. So if you're looking to do a gymnasium and you're not looking to uh, add additional emergency lights, then that is a solution that we have available um, from the factory as well on the KBL series. Next slide, please. Um, and this this is just a snapshot here to show kind of what the before and after can look like with uh, that that updated LED presence uh, within the space. So you can see that the the, um, the energy savings is obviously um, one of the big deliverables here. But if you look at the side by side comparisons as well, you can actually see that you're getting a more accurate color rendering uh, with that 80 CRI performance versus a standard 65 CRI with a metal halide fixture, uh, as well as we're getting some additional um, uh, lumens on the vertical plane as well. So next slide, please. Um, and then just briefly, just to touch on our linear solution as well with the C-Lite, uh, this is really our entry point um, um, product offering. Um, so not quite as much configurability as what you would see on the KBL, but still a solid uh, linear solution that does have the ability to add wire guards or frosted optic if you're trying to maintain uh, the visual comfort for, you know, what's being used in the space. Um, and the ability to have, you know, the correct size for the mounting height ranging from 15,000 all the way up to 30,000 delivered lumens as well. Um, so lastly, I'll uh, turn it back over to the group. If you guys have any questions or comments, um, we'll open it up to discussion at this point. If you'd like to just submit your questions through the Q&A portion. Perfect. Yep. And again, the, the chat box and Q&A box are open. So if there's any questions, go ahead and, and submit those to us. Um, while we're waiting on that, Jim, you talked a little bit about the, the spent aluminum reflector and the, and the clear polycarbonate reflector. Uplight is part of it, right, with the, with a the clear reflector. In terms of the distribution of light, does it change based on those two reflectors, or are they pretty similar besides the uplight component? Um, the distribution is obviously going to be more, more volumetric with the prismatic um, polycarbonate reflector, we're going to be able to reflect off of any white insulation or paint, white painted ceiling. You may get more of a cave effect with the aluminum reflector. You do get some minimal uh, uplight, um, but you're you're going to get a more more of a punch down with the aluminum reflector. And I think you had mentioned at higher heights that the polycarbonate, yep. the clear version would, would kind of start being less impactful. Do you know what typical heights you might be thinking about when you're looking at that? I'm probably going to be looking at around 25 feet and above, maybe um, maybe a little bit higher than that. <clears throat> okay. And then, Ryan, we talked a little bit about, you know, the ability to kind of create some scenes and layering of light. So if I think about, you know, when I was going to, to school, you guys might not believe it, I did, actually did go to school. Um, <laughs> we 
we actually, you know, it was it, the technology back then, right, it was the same light level regardless of what was going on. So if there was a varsity basketball game or just a regular gym class, that experience from a lighting standpoint didn't, didn't really change. Um, and we know during gym class, right, the bleachers were shoved up and out of the way. And then if there's a basketball game, uh, that can kind of now change now. So one of the things I always think about is is creating zones, and you could have you know much higher intensity, maybe maximum output above the court, and then along the bleachers, you don't want people sitting in darkness, but you can certainly reduce the light levels along the bleachers so it's still safe for people to kind of move around. But but layering that light and changing that intensity, I'm, I'm sure that puts even more intensity uh, on the court in terms of perception, and uh, elevates kind of the action not only for the players but also for the uh, the fans in terms of viewing. Is that something um, that, from a simply snap standpoint, Ryan, you think would be impactful, or people looking at that? Yeah, and that's uh, that's actually a really great use case that you mentioned there, Dwayne. It's uh, that's exactly how you would use the system, uh, and it's one of the things that you know doesn't really take um, a whole lot of effort to actually apply in the field uh, with the uh, the way that the uh, Synapse interface is set up with uh, with the PC uh, or on your tablet. You know, you can just select which fixtures you'd like in which zones, and then you can select up to multiple uh, scenes or schedules for each one of those as well. So, um, you know, in your example, if you had a game and you wanted to, you know, have all those uh, perimeter lights turned down um, to, you know, put the focus there on the court, uh, you could certainly do that. Um, or even, you know, if you were going to use a schedule, you know, for, you know, you have a general assembly during the day or, you know, you have, uh, you know, some, some class periods uh, going on for your, for your regular uh, schedule. And then you have, you know, at the end of the day, rather than waiting for somebody to turn them off, if you want to have them automatically turn off, then, you know, that's, a, that's another possibility as well. But with the Synapse system, you, you, you get a lot of uh, control at your fingertips and you can customize it uh, for your space however, however you see fit. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, be complicated either. You can have some preset scenes so that, you know, whatever some high volume type things, so like maybe volleyball or wrestling, the lighting is different, the gym is laid out differently for those sports, and maybe for a band concert it's different, um, maybe for a graduation ceremony if it can't be outside it's, it's different. But, you can have some presets so that you're not reinventing the wheel or somebody has to kind of figure that out on the fly each and every time, correct? That's exactly right. Okay. And I think gyms are also, it's interesting, it's, it's, it's a space in the building that, you know, parents and grandparents at some time in the, during the educational years of their, their child, the, the entire community is going to end up there. And then also it, you'll have other communities coming to your, um, facilities. So for a lot of people that are visiting and maybe there's a, a, their team is playing your team, their experience uh, and their view of the school, a lot of times it's, hey, what's, what's the gym look like? So it certainly can be a source of pride that uh, schools want to want to make certain they're investing in. Hey, hey Brian, and Jim, you can chime in here too. The, the round versus, versus linear, um, I know we talked about if the form factor is already there, that might sway the, the, the path. If, if it's, let's say I'm building a new gym, is there, is there a preference there in terms of what and how we might look at a space, one versus the other? I think the incumbent fixture is going to dictate, and the kind of the look of the fixture is going to dictate what we move forward with. Um, I think from a performance standpoint, um, 
you know, you, you could go either way. Um, I've seen linear turn into high bays or, or, or low bays, uh, and likewise. Okay, perfect. All right, well, I'm not seeing any other questions here. So if you want to advance to the next slide, I will close up shop. All right, so uh, just to remind everybody, next uh, Friday is uh, our, our 4th of July holiday here in, in the States. Um, so we will not be having a session. Uh, I do wish everybody to have a, a safe and happy holiday. Um, looking ahead for the next couple of sessions on Friday, July 10th, we'll have a, a session around Design Lights Consortium's Qualified Network Lighting Control System. So we'll learn a little bit more about using that QPL and, and if you use that, what types of things are required of those types of systems and what types of things are reported out in terms of uh, system capabilities, uh, again, utilizing that QPL. And then on Friday, July 17th, we'll have a, a, a session on understanding driver technology. So with that, I do want to thank both Jim and Ryan for their time and presentations. I also want to thank the audience for joining us. As always, all content is being recorded and will be posted on our YouTube channel. So if you've missed the session, as Jim mentioned, in the classroom session that we've done previously on, on RP3-13, you can catch that. Uh, again, if there's any feedback you have, please feel free to send me a note. If you have any questions for the presenters, you certainly can send them a note as well. With that, thanks everybody and have a great weekend.